Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today, getting the opportunity to talk with Preston Frazier. And Preston is Pitsco's education advisor for the Midwest region. And we're going to have a conversation about a lot of robotics devices that were purchased for pre-K-12 education in Nebraska as a result of some gear funding. And uh, we're going to spend some time exploring a little bit of the backstory, uh, getting a sense of what these devices are, what they can do in the classroom. And for those that have made purchases and have these devices in hand, um, where to go to get some support and some help. And so uh, across all of that, it has just been great. I've had the chance to work with Preston over the course of the past few months as we've really built out some of these supports and so grateful to welcome them to the podcast today. So Preston, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I look forward to the time today and, and talking through some details as we as we work to provide some more support for the teachers in the state of Nebraska. I guess my first question for those that are maybe not familiar with this purchase or even your company for that matter, can you talk a little bit about Pitsco and let us know who you are and what kind of uh, solutions you all provide? Yeah, so from the bottom level, we are a hands-on STEM education-based curriculum company that aims to provide valuable and meaningful learning experiences for all grade levels, pre-K all the way up through post-secondary. But we've prided ourselves on leading education that positively affects learners. That's been our mission statement for uh, the longest time. We started in 1971. The foundation was set by three industrial arts teachers that saw a need for hands-on learning in the classroom. And so they actually started out and started developing these hands-on kits in one of their garages, believe it or not. Um, take that, Jeff Bezos. We started in the garage before they did, um, before Amazon did. But we've prided ourselves on hands-on learning. And looking at us 52 years later now, from 1971 till now, we've actually impacted uh, quite a few millions and millions upon students um, with our hands-on learning and solutions and coding and robotics kits and things along those lines. And that's kind of where we're all been about. And so when this opportunity presented itself, um, we really were excited to be able to impact as many students as we could in the state of Nebraska through hands-on learning. Gosh, and over the course of today's episode, I'll do nothing but sing everyone's praises at Pitsco because it has been really terrific to get a chance to collaborate with you all on a regular basis and uh, make sure that we're not just making purchases, but we're making pathways for those to be implemented into the classroom uh, and doing that through a myriad of different resources that we're going to point to later on. But I guess to start with, and this is this is fun because this is really how the ESUCC, which is obviously this is our podcast, <laughs> how those collaborations work. And so funny story with this would be to say that you first got tied in with the ESUCC at the Great Plains Summit, right? Yeah. And so last July, um, I actually got the opportunity and the privilege to go to the Great Plains Summit and be a vendor there. That was an awesome experience, an awesome opportunity. I had some of our robots and our Arduino kits on display there, and I ran into Craig Peterson, the purchasing director there. This happened at Southwest High School, and a quick side note on that, believe it or not, small world, but my sister-in-law actually went there 25, 30 years ago as a student um, at Southwest High School, and so kind of that cool full circle moment there. It was really, really cool. But I ran into Craig there. We talked about robotics and coding and this kind of caught up a little bit. And then about a month later is when this opportunity presented itself to where there was some additional gears money um, that could be used for robotics and coding purchases. And that's kind of where it all started. 
We worked with our marketing team to get a miniature catalog out to the state to where all these schools could pick and choose what best fit within their certain grade level. And then we kind of just helped out and supported from there. It's really an awesome thing when two organizations can come together to make something amazing happen for all the students in any state. So, Yes, absolutely, Preston. And that and that's what's kind of fun about being a part of the CC, you know, speaking from my own personal experience here is to know that, you know, Craig Peterson is out at conferences and working at the vendor tables and getting a chance to make those relationships that, that he then builds upon, you know, whenever uh, he gets to go back and, you know, lean into those and making sure that our statewide buy that we get through our cooperative purchasing uh, is allowing schools to save money by being connected to businesses as a collective. And so really grateful that we have the opportunity to do that kind of work as part of the ESUCC's cooperative purchasing. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, then there comes this point where there was some GEARS funding. And so really grateful uh, to our governor here in Nebraska for ensuring that those funds were allocated to this effort. And so, as you mentioned there, then the next steps were for us in our partnership to create that mini catalog that went out uh, in about a three week time frame. It was pretty short. <laughs> yeah, it was a quick turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was amazing how everybody got on board and on deck to make it happen. And yeah, it, it, it was an amazing document um, that our marketing team created for this opportunity. And then it was really a seamless process from there to where they could easily choose what they wanted and, and go from there. And so it was a quick turn, but it worked out and it, it, it was an amazing um, end result at the end of that. So, Yeah, and big kudos to Scott Isaacson for working with you all in facilitating that. That's a lot of organization, reaching out to schools and uh, making sure that uh, we've got all those purchase orders in and the, the devices are getting where they need to go. Uh, and I do remember having a conversation with Scott in his office as I was inquiring more about what was going on with this that he said, yeah, and there's going to come a point where that's kind of you know the end of what his investment is in that particular bucket of work, which is where it then falls to me with digital learning. Yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, uh, I, I said to Scott and started to really think through the collaboration and support from our TLT affiliate in our ESU network statewide. And that's to say that there's a teaching and learning with technology integrationist at pretty much every ESU in our state. And so as they had made some purchases themselves, or had been already in support of some classroom teachers with trying to implement those particular devices in their classroom, uh, they had questions that they were hoping that we could follow up on uh, and try to create some sort of professional learning or a resource page where we would be able to just step into that a little bit further. And two things can be true. One, Pitsco already had a lot of those things put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Pitsco was great at helping us as we started to then I don't know, just create sort of a curated site that focused in specifically on the purchases related to this GEARS funded opportunity. So let's talk a little bit about that, I guess, then, uh, Preston, how, what was the selection for some of these devices? And as we started to think about those supports, let's tell the story a little bit about how that all came together. Yeah. So the selection of the devices in, in conversations we had with Scott Isaacson, we really wanted to kind of keep it limited. We have over 3,000 products that we do carry here for the impact of students. And for the sake of this coding and robotics initiative and tying it into that LB1112 bill, um, we really wanted to kind of limit what was in that miniature catalog. And so we focus on two or three or four solutions at each grade band, pre-K through two, three through five, six through eight, and nine through 12. And so once we had those kind of solutions in place, we were able to kind of develop that miniature catalog and, and that's kind of where those selections started is just trying to limit it 
getting you the most popular items that other schools all around the country are enjoying at the moment as well. And then just going that route. And so I think it turned out well um, from the selection standpoint. I've heard from multiple schools that students are enjoying the products. They're having a lot of fun with them and things like that. And at the end of the day, that's all we want is we want those students to have fun, enjoy learning and have those aha moments in the classroom. So well, and I think that creates a pretty natural pivot then to ask, what are some of those devices? What are some of those solutions that were purchased here in Nebraska to give us a taste of uh, what those funds were allocated to? And maybe to be more specific, let's start off with uh, something that's elementary, for example. Okay. Yeah, and I'll start in the pre-K through two space there. So one of the solutions that schools could have chosen from is one of our screen-free coding robots, which is Kubo. And Kubo is a robot that actually operates using magnetized RFID chips um, called, I like to call them puzzle pieces, but see, they connect to one another. And so the students can start building out routes and subroutines and functions and loops at such an early level to where they're actually learning coding and computational thinking at such an early age. And then they can just build upon that as they grow older into three through five and sixth grade and even into high school. Um, they'll have that foundational knowledge of computational thinking and coding and programming. It's amazing. And so from that perspective, Kubo is a, is a good choice. And then I'm going to jump up to the high school, nine through 12. Tetrix Max is a robotics system primarily out of metal to where they can actually build robots, different contractions based on all different types of real world types of connections and open-ended challenges with curriculum and all of those activities that are included. And so it's really cool from that sense. The Tetrix Max has a, a coding platform based around Arduino as well. And so they're going to get that taste of real world coding in a syntax-based environment that they can use as they graduate high school and go into college and Let's say they want to get into a career in coding or manufacturing or anything along those lines. They have that knowledge. And the exciting thing is with Pitsco, we have that pre-K all the way up through 12th grade continuum of coding that they can just build those skills out until they get to high school. It's amazing just that fact that that continuum is there to where they can learn those skills at such an early age and then grow upon those skills as they go through high school as well. Well, and I have to say from personal experience, I got the opportunity at our ESUCC Legislative Day in Lincoln not too long ago to see the Tetrix robot uh, on display there. Uh, I believe it was Adam Larson at ESU3 was uh, sharing that with senators and other uh, individuals who paid us a visit that day to show them some of the things that we have going on in education in our state. Uh, impressive. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like fascinated to learn more and see the demonstration that he was able to put together for our state legislators that day. And that being said, too, I want to highlight the significance of the point that you made there where I've been so impressed with how intentional everyone was with the selection of these devices so that it is something that isn't, let me put it this way, I guess. I could see there being, especially on the time frame that this came together under, um, a poorer version of this that would have been, here's a bunch of devices that are grade band appropriate, but don't necessarily spiral up or have the consideration that it should build upon the experience with the previous device or set of devices at the earlier grade levels. And what is so incredible about these resources is that that intentionality is there and that those conversations and the exposure that they, as you mentioned, get, whether it's in the pre-K two, three, five bands are certainly feeding what they're able to do at the middle school and high school level. And that it, it continues to build to a professional 
level of coding that yeah. uh, would certainly be a transferable transferable skills in a coding language at a post-secondary yeah. career, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that's what we, we, we really want to aim. And, and this is for every citizen. We really want our students to be career-ready citizens. And so we really try to focus on that as well as we go through our activities and our products and our solutions is really focusing on creating career-ready students that are lifelong learners as well. And so students that learn how to fail is a good thing as well. And so within our curriculum, within the products and the solutions that could have been chosen, there's that opportunity to fail, become resilient citizens as well. And so that's kind of what we're looking for also. Oh, I love that. I always tell my own children at home that fail stands for first attempt in learning. And I've said yeah. it enough to where they sort of like give me attitude back about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know first attempt in there, right? But it's so true that you have to go through that productive struggle and it's great to uh, know that they, these types of experiences are are there, and right? And that's part of what's built in is that you realize, well, it didn't do what I thought it would do when I entered this or put this sequence together and how do we fix that? And so that's really great. Uh, one of the things I was thinking though, too, as you were sharing there, that it's worth us spending a moment to to chat about it's just the the onboarding to this. And so whether you're a student or your classroom teacher, there is always something that is a little unnerving about trying something new, right? Back to our being a little afraid of failure, perhaps. And so talk a little bit to some of the supports that are available. And, and we got a chance to collaborate on a support site that we could maybe point folks to as well. And that'll be available in the show notes. But it's not as if we're just giving folks these devices and saying, good luck. Yeah. If you are a recipient of any of these devices for your classroom and for your students, be mindful that there is support from Pitsco every step of the way. We have a, an awesome technical support team. You can, you can reach out to them via live chat. We have a phone number to where you're actually going to speak to a live person. Um, we also have an order support team. If you had any order support related questions regarding that, and then you have me as the education advisor for the Midwest and for Nebraska if you have any questions, you can shoot me an email. You can shoot me a text. I give out my cell phone number. You can call me. Let me know if you have any questions. I'm, I'm here to help you out every step of the way as well. Back to Andrew's question about the site. In conversations with Andrew, we actually created a curated site, kind of like a one-stop shop for all of the devices and all the solutions that could have been chosen as part of this initiative. On there, you're going to find downloads and resources and videos for each one of the solutions. You're going to find the contact information for our order support and tech support team. You're going to find a section about device compatibility to where, let's say you have an iPad, you might want to know which solutions work best with that iPad. It's going to be there. There's also teacher-based webinars on that site as well that we worked with with Andrew where there's various implementation ideas and strategies that you could use in your classroom for each one of those solutions. And so it's kind of a curated spot of a one-stop location for everything ESU gear funding related regarding this robotics and coding initiative. And we're excited to share that out. And please be mindful, that's not the end-all be-all. If you guys still need support along the way, we're here to help every step. Well, and two things I would draw an underline under <laughs> in yeah. that like list of things is there are student facing supports, right? So the educator in the classroom or in the club, for example, maybe if these are being implemented in something after school, doesn't necessarily have to be an expert 
uh, at what's going on to empower students with the resources that they need to be successful and to still learn. And then the teacher can learn from those themselves or just be there in support. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And when we've created our resources and contact, I'll be completely honest with you. We created it through the lens of a teacher that is just now starting out teaching robotics and they have no idea where to start. And so we try to make that process as simple and that learning curve for the teacher as introductory and not, we don't want them to be afraid to get started. So we've tried to make that seamless and easy to start up and, and get after it. So that's kind of where we're at is we looked at it through a lens of a teacher that is just now getting started teaching coding and robotics. Yeah. And I certainly want to give a shout out to Ashley Rasmussen, Eileen Barks, Craig Hicks, Nick Ziegler, Jason Everett, who were all folks that joined us for the webinars that you were mentioning, uh, ESU colleagues, those TLTers from across the state who wanted to have an opportunity to share where these pieces might fit things that are going on in our Nebraska classrooms. And so we did that for each of the grade bands that we've referenced several times up to this point. And that's not necessarily connected to standards work just yet, but great for folks as they're starting out and thinking about, hey, if you're, let's say, a tech integrationist at the district level, who should I be reaching out to and at what times in the rhythms of the year right, for something like this? And, and yeah. so it was great to have those conversations and capture those and share those through the support site. Um, one thing that we would like to get a chance to, to maybe revisit, because you talked about it earlier, was LB 1112 uh, from last legislative session, which has evolved at this point into the Computer Science and Technology Education Act, which uh, is looking at, yeah, bringing uh, computer science not only as a requirement at the secondary level uh, with some really specific guidance about what that course should entail, but noting as well that there is an elementary and middle school component to that act that asks that we're making sure that that computer science conversation is uh, certainly in place and spiraling in the same way that I mentioned earlier in terms of trying to uh, evolve over a learner's education. And so I guess two things I would say that with this one, robotics is not specifically outlined or coding for that matter within that act, but uh, these devices certainly could help educators check some of the boxes that are part of the guidance. And so to the degree that that's been part of your conversations, Preston, what would you share with others, I guess, in terms of broadly how these solutions might help? Yeah. And, and robotics and coding and, and computer science, they all kind of flow together. They're all related in some way. And so coding is technically a, a science of computer technology. It's, it's really the art of debugging in that sense to where you have to know the coding is really problem solving from that aspect. And so computer science is a part of that. But at the end of the day, knowing that they're all related in some way, robotics and coding, robotics is the medium in which coding and computer science can be flown out as the output. And so the coding and the computer science is really the inputs of that kind of portfolio there, or that kind of activity is robotics is really the output to where you see the robot move around and do all that coding and computer science is really the inputs of, of how it all works. So fair to say that this would be uh, an engaging outlet to take what students are learning and find an avenue through which to bring that almost to life, really. Uh, yeah, into absolutely. An interactive format where you could do that as a activity, as a, a group of learners or an individual for that matter. Yeah, for sure. It's a creative outlet for students when students are coding their robot and they see their robot move on the tile or on the floor or, or see a, their drone fly after they've coded it, 
that's where we're all about is the aha moments to where they can actually see all those different types of systems work together to create something that they can actually see visually. It's a powerful thing. Well, so powerful, in fact, that there have been conversations ongoing really since the last purchase uh, about what it would look like to really double down and revisit this. And so that's something that uh, don't have permission to get into the details of it at this time, but just know that those conversations are there and we're optimistic that this work is only going to be enhanced and, and grow in the future, whether it be through that effort or something down the line. So with that being said, uh, and really haven't covered quite a bit of ground here as far as our conversation is yeah. concerned. One of the things I'm excited about, Preston, is that for folks that would like to have that face-to-face conversation, because uh, I'm someone who doesn't mind making a phone call, emails are great, I can learn from a video just fine, but but sometimes it's just great to be able to ask questions to somebody in person, and you, Preston, are going to be in Nebraska in the next Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to be at the NIDA conference here in March. I'm going to be at booth 509. And the really cool thing about my booth is I'm going to actually have all of these solutions that were included in that miniature catalog on display. So if you were swinging by the booth or if you're going to be at the conference and you had some additional questions and wanted to meet with me face to face, I will be there to provide some additional support for you there as well. And then I'm also going to be at some other various Nebraska related conferences throughout the year also to just continue to provide support, be there in person and just help you guys out along the way. And honestly, Preston, that's been what has been so uh, very much appreciated uh, for my opportunity to to get a chance to collaborate and work with you all uh, is just how down to earth and solution oriented you all are towards just making sure that these devices are out there enhancing learning in the ways we would all hope for them to. And so I think that kind of brings us to a close for today's episode. And so I certainly want to thank you, Preston, for your time through all the different facets uh, of this purchase and the ongoing conversations around that uh, and really look forward to seeing you also at Nita. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. And, and thank you so much, Andrew, for the opportunity today to hop on this podcast and, and work through some more of the details of, of what this initiative looked like and how we're, we're working hard to impact students all over the state of Nebraska um, with these solutions. And so it's, it's an exciting time. Absolutely. And uh, excited that ESUCC can be here in support as well. So thanks, Preston. And be sure to check out the show notes to be able to access the ESUCC gear funded resource page that Pitsco put together for us. Uh, And if you have any interest in the computer science and technology education at conversations, we had a guidance podcast previously that you can go access and know that we are working on bringing together a conversation uh, that would be a little bit more about things like the hardware and the actual course materials on an upcoming episode. So uh, as always, make sure that you stay in tune to the good life edu. 